Welcome to another episode of Dakota Spotlight. I really appreciate you listening and would like you to know about Spotlight Plus. It is a subscription to Dakota Spotlight that provides bonus content, early access, and ad-free listening, all while supporting my work and the show you love. You can subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app or visit dakotaspotlight.com. You're listening to Dakota Spotlight. My name is James Wollner. This is one of two episodes this week when we'll be meeting the musicians behind the great music we've all been enjoying in this podcast. This is a true crime podcast, though, and so for all of you listening, here's a short, and for now at least, intentionally cryptic look at some audio I recorded this weekend, and which is coming soon to Dakota Spotlight. I remember, because my parents had to go on a business trip. And it was one of the first times they left me home alone. And I walked home from my girlfriend's quite a ways that night. And it was cold. And so I curled up in their bed. And I remember getting a phone call at 1 o'clock in the morning. The next week after my sister disappeared, I had to go over to my cousin's house who lived not too far away from us um, every night after school until my mom got home from work. My dad was an ex-cop. Why didn't I go to him more and go, Dad, let's go down there and talk to him. They haven't talked to any of us, but I didn't understand how investigation worked, you know, at that age. I have a lot of her belongings here at my house. Her childhood belongings that she would want if she ever, if she ever was found alive. Like I said, this is a true crime podcast, and you can expect much more of that soon. But this episode is a bonus episode about music. In this episode, we'll meet composer and musician Julia Kent, whose phenomenal cello music was sprinkled throughout Season 1, the story of Victor Newberry. And next time, we'll meet Bruce Blackman, the man behind Moonlight Feels Right, that 1976 hit we've all had the pleasure of enjoying in Season 4, Chasing Billy. Let's get started, shall we? Thanks again for listening to Dakota Spotlight. Julia Kent lives in New York, and I've never met her. In fact, before this interview, I'd never spoken with her or even heard her voice. All I knew about her really was that she was born in Canada and that she currently lives in New York, and that she creates amazing instrumental music with her cello and other instruments. When she responded to my email in 2018 and agreed to let me use her music in my podcast, I was overjoyed. When I released Season 1, The Story of Victor Newberry, I published a page on my website dedicated to Julia, thanking her for her work. On that page, I wrote that I'd been listening to her music for weeks on end, and I'd realized that I'd started to get the feeling that I knew her somehow. Intellectually, I felt this could not be true, and yet, I felt that way. And so, when I did speak to Julia in January of 2021, I started off the interview by reading for Julia what I'd written about her in 2018. Hopefully it goes without saying that all the music in this segment is Julia's wonderful work. Hello. 
Julia, it's James Walner with Dakota Spotlight. Hey, James, how are you? happy. I want to welcome Julia Kent to the podcast. Julia, thank you so much for taking some time out to speak with us today. We're really excited to learn a little bit more about you. My listeners love your music, as do I. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much. I want to start by reading something for you. I thought I'd read this and uh, we sort of as a jumping off point here. Great. You cannot listen to season one of this podcast without taking notice of the amazing... You cannot listen to season one of this podcast without taking notice of the amazing music graciously provided by Julia Kent. For me, Julia's work represents exactly that which art should always strive to be, an attempt to somehow channel, showcase, and translate the full spectrum of experiences and emotions that we, all of us, have been given the opportunity to embrace and endure since the day we were born. I don't know Julia personally, but after months of editing this podcast, I do know her music, and the word that comes to mind for me is genuine. Julia is no follower, and she walks very contently, I'm sure, to the beat of her own cello. While listening to her music, I've even adopted an odd daydream of running into Julia for a type of chance encounter in a café. Based on what I've gathered from Julia's music and the titles of her songs, this café could be just about anywhere in the world. In this daydream in Berlin or Madrid or Tokyo, perhaps, Julia and I sit at a small table and drink our coffee and don't have really much of anything to say to each other. In fact, it's perfect. What is there to say, really? We're just two mutual souls, content and grateful to have had the opportunity to sometimes embrace and to sometimes endure the full spectrum of the experience of being human. To Julia, I want to say thank you so much. The truth is, I don't think I would have been able to create this podcast without your contribution. Your music has been a consistent reminder for me along this journey, a sometimes steady and sometimes erratic pulse, reminding and reassuring me that this story needs to be told and should be told. And I'm confident that listeners will agree when I say that this story would not have been the same without your music. Oh, well, it's so touching and beautiful to hear. And it really, it means a lot to me because I feel like for me, music is really, it's about connection and it's about communication. And the fact that we can connect and communicate without ever having met is like, that's, that's the reason I make music is to make those kinds of connections. I wanted to explore how accurate this connection was, and so I asked Julia if I could pose some questions in a different way. Instead of asking, for example, what's your favorite season of the year, 
I would tell her what I believed her favorite season might be, simply based on feelings I'd gathered while listening to her music. By the way, I'm guessing that her favorite season is autumn, but I actually forgot to ask her that question. How much can we learn about someone simply by listening to the music they create? These are going to be kind of random. Okay, random is good. Random is great. So here's the first one. I'm thinking that you appreciate the artistic medium of photography and that photographs, and that if if you have photography hanging in your home, I'm guessing that they're black and white. That black and white speaks to you more than color. Ah, you're exactly correct. I do have some photography in my house, and some of it is very abstract. Like I'm always attracted to photographs that are not necessarily figurative or representational things that are more like conceptual and abstract. But yeah, definitely most of them are black and white. And my father was a photographer and he, when he was working, he was working, you know, he started in the era of black and white and went into the era of color. So that's somehow resonant, I think. That's very interesting. So I was not off base there. Um, not at all. I'm guessing that you prefer silence over like social babble where people are just talking to sort of be talking to avoid an awkward silence. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I'm, I'm very much an introvert as you can probably gather from the fact that most of the music I make is on, is solo and on my own. And I'm definitely not, I'm not like a social, I mean, I treasure I treasure connection with people. I treasure social relationships, but I definitely, I love being alone also. Hello, dear listener. This is James, host of Dakota Spotlight, inviting you to subscribe to Spotlight Plus. For as little as $5 per month, you will get the warm feeling of supporting the show and also unlock access to bonus episodes. Get the episodes early and listen ad-free. That's right, no more ads. Apple users can subscribe to Spotlight Plus Standard right in the Apple Podcasts app. If you want to dive deeper and get even more exclusive benefits, subscribe to Spotlight Plus Premium or Spotlight Plus Ultimate. Go to dakotaspotlight.com for more details. I'm guessing that by choice, you either don't own a car at all, or if you do, you consider it to be just a man-made product that serves a purpose, a purpose of transportation, you hardly pay attention to the makes and models of cars at all. That's not that interesting to you. Ah, that also is pretty perceptive. I actually don't drive at all, so that's funny. No, I mean, I learned how to drive when I was 16 or so, or maybe maybe older. Maybe I was like 20. And then I moved to New York City and never drove again. So, and you know, living in New York City, you don't really need to. I'm guessing that the whole true crime genre does not really interest you and that you've not listened to the story of Victor Newberry, where I've used all your music. I think you probably just find that sort of irrelevant to your work, you know, what I did with your music. To be absolutely honest, I find that the way I absorb information is much more visual. So I actually have a hard time with podcasts, with audiobooks, with things that are things that are presenting a narrative and presenting information in an in an oral fashion, if that makes sense. Sure. Interesting, yeah. Be- 
There's something about the linearity of it that I find kind of, unless there's like a visual component also, like I find it difficult to, to stick with. But of course, your podcast is so compelling and brilliant that, you know, it's the exception. Well, I find that interesting because, you know, you are a musician, among probably other things, and that is an auditory, you know, something you listen to. And yet you don't like, if I understand correctly, you don't like storytelling in audio format is not necessarily your... Exactly. And to be honest, like I listen to so much music, but most of the music I listen to does not have lyrics. Like I listen to a lot of instrumental music, electronic music, you know, and in general, like text that's conveyed, unless it's opera or art song or something like that. But in general, I find that text text presented in an auditory fashion is something that doesn't necessarily draw me in. Julia was born in Vancouver, Canada. She studied music and the cello in the United States at Indiana University. So I did a music degree there. And then, to be honest, like having gone through that whole process of studying classically, at the, point, at the time when I was studying, it was very much like a box. There was not so much opportunity for like personal creativity like you know as a classical musician you were really expected to be like an interpreter of other people's work so at the end of that music degree I sort of decided I wasn't talented enough as a cellist to really pursue a professional career as a cellist and I quit playing cello for a few years and did a variety of other things. Julia moved to New York City and started playing again. She played in ensembles, rock bands, and all kinds of different groups. And I discovered that, oh, actually, I can be creative with the cello, and I can kind of make my own make my own music with it. And that was like a huge, amazing discovery. And then I just went on from there. Is your work about observing the world around you, or is it more personal about you, what's, in, what's inside of you? Is it more about Julia Kent, or is it more about the world that Julia Kent lives in? I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, I feel like sometimes my inspiration for making music is like my own interior emotional landscape so it's it is a very interior personal thing and then a lot of it like especially the pieces where i was incorporating found sounds and those kind of things are much are more sort of observational or maybe they're almost narrative in a kind of abstract way where i'm thinking about other people's interior lives and imagining imagining what their interior lives might be
we talk about the instrument, the cello, a little bit? Like, can you tell us, do you name your cello? Have you ever dreamt about your cello? Oh, I have a million anxiety dreams, you know, where I have to, like, get the cello on the plane or, you know, or, you know, my bow breaks or I'm somewhere and I don't have my cello. Well, I love the cello because it's sort of, it's almost like a voice because it sort of has the same range as like the human voice. It's like a super ergonomic instrument. Like when you're playing cello, it's like, you're like holding it. It's, you know, it has like, it has like a size and not necessarily a weight, but it's like, it's almost like a person. It's almost like you're like, like embracing a person, you know? I asked Julia Kent to tell us about her creative process. How does she come up with her ideas for new pieces? How does it all come together? It varies. I mean, for my live performance, I I loop, I do live looping. So basically I have a laptop, I have software, I have like a MIDI controller pedal, you know, and I just create like layers and layers of cello with some additional like electronic sounds and percussion and that kind of thing. So my writing process, sometimes it starts with looping. But increasingly, I'm kind of using keyboard to to compose, just obviously because you get a better sense of harmony and structure on a keyboard than you do with the cello, which is sort of like essentially a monophonic instrument. So it, it depends. And then sometimes I, I'll start with like an electronic texture and then and then develop something from that. I mean, it's very much a process. Like I'm very like process based, I suppose. Would you say your pieces are ever born out of emotions at the time? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. A lot of times when I'm making music, I'm just trying to express some kind of emotional landscape. pointed out something for Julia. In that statement I'd written about her music on my website in 2018, I had said that her music covers the full spectrum of human emotions. But in hindsight, I wasn't sure I was right about that. Maybe most of her music is actually on the end of the spectrum that most would call sad or melancholy. (laughs) I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I feel like a certain amount of life is melancholy, you know, especially now where there is not a lot of joy. I mean, I don't think any of us are feeling a lot of joy right now for a variety of reasons. Um, But I don't feel as though I'm not depressed, you know, I'm not sad, but I'm not sure that I'm happy, you know. I think I'm, you know, I'm contented to a certain extent. I mean, it's very funny, your story, because my analogy is I was doing like a little film project and I wrote some music for them. And I was like, oh, this is so upbeat, you know, it's going to work perfectly. And and they were like, 
it's actually very sad. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> I also feel like the cello is inherently, like it's sort of a melancholic, it's an inherently melancholic sounding instrument, you know? It just has that quality, it has that kind of plangent. You know, I'm sure there's music written for the cello that is boisterous and joyous, but you know, it's not necessarily the, the default. be all right if we talk about a couple of your pieces here that I've used? Sure. Okay, sure. I think I'll start with... as sort of my intro. Um, can you tell us anything about that piece? That came from a record called Delay, which as you said uh, before, like all the pieces on that record are named after airports. Um, Schiphol is the Amsterdam airport basically. And and I just, I don't know, I used the airport names because at that point I was, I was doing a lot of touring and I was collecting like found sounds from airports and, you know, spending a lot of time in them. And I felt like I got really interested in airports as kind of like, you know, they're like liminal spaces where you're like, you're not in one place, you're not in another place, you're in this sort of in-between place. But also they're, they're really like, they're the locuses of when we were traveling back in those days. You know, there's so much emotion in an airport. It's like there are people you know, greeting each other, there are people leaving, there are people parting, you know, so there's a lot of emotion even in this very generic space. Invitation to the Voyage. This one was just fantastic for storytelling purposes. remember about that piece well that i was thinking of um that i said there's the painting the embarkation to Cithara, Cithara, by i think it's maybe vato or one of those rococo french painters you know and they're embarking to this island of bliss but you know like not every voyage you know some voyages are the voyage or is you know there's the voyage that you don't come back from you know, so I was kind of thinking about all those concepts. 
I just want to go back to when we, we've never spoken before, but when I reached out to you and you agreed to allow me to use your music, I mean, I was, to be honest, I was just blown away. I was so incredibly, and to this day, I'm just incredibly thankful. Do you remember why you agreed? And you would not take any, not that I had much to offer, you would not take any monetary compensation. Do you remember why you agreed to... Um, share this wonderful music with me? Well, I felt from what you were saying to me as if it was very much like a labor of love on your part. You know, in, in a case like that where, where you know, it's there's not going to be a huge uh, monetary <laughs> reward, you know, which is so often with people's artistic practice, like there is no, you know, there is no monetary re reward for it, but people do the work and they're passionate about the work. And, you know, I'm happy to accompany you know, people's, people's passion project. Speaking of supporting artists, how, how could people support you? Um, I, I'm always delighted when people encounter my music, like that's wonderful. Um, the best way of supporting any artist right now is Bandcamp, which is, um, you know, it's like a digital, it's like a music platform where you can buy records digitally or you can buy physical copies and they're they're a great 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 company and they they take they do like sort of free days where they don't take any fees like they're very interested in like supporting the artists who are on their platform so in the case of any musical artist like Bandcamp is the is the way to support them in the most direct fashion again Julia Kent it was so great to finally meet you so to speak Dakota Spotlight Season one would not have been the same without your help. With all of my heart, thank you so much for, for your contribution and thanks for meeting with me today. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, for me too. Thank you so much, James. No, I'm honored to be part of your to be part of your work. I'm gonna leave you with this piece by Julia Kent, a piece she titled Imbalance. By the way, the day after I interviewed her, I emailed Julia and asked her what her favorite season is. I guessed autumn. She responded with, Unpredictably, I love the summer, and autumn makes me melancholic.
Thank you so much for listening. To support my work, get early access, listen ad-free, and much more, please consider subscribing to Spotlight Plus. Apple users can even subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app. Learn more about Spotlight Plus at dakotaspotlight.com.